Hello, and welcome to yet another episode, yet another of uh, I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things with myself, Stephen, and co-host Vaughn. Hey, today we are going to talk about Abel Ferrara's Zeros and Ones, which is interesting. It's maybe the first one we talked about that isn't like a wider theatrical release. Mm. It's a little bit smaller, but so highly recommend if you haven't watched it yet to go watch it. This is a show about spoiling things, but I'm not sure that there's any way we can actually spoil this movie no, for anyone. No, no, no. Think of this podcast as also like a trailer for the movie. <laughs> also, just, just watch it. We're going to tell you some things that are going to make you want to watch it. Or if you have watched it, you're going to want to listen and be like, is that a movie that I watched? And just have people say that just so you know it actually exists, because I'm still not sure if this movie actually exists. I've watched it twice, um, and I'm still not sure um and also she may not have watched it because it has the most abhorrent poster ever like it's just the most like it's not good yeah <laughs> straight to, like even hawks just face in the like looks like universal soldier kind of thing um which is yeah. reflective of all the reviews of it on amazon are hilarious because they really <laughs> expect a movie and they're like this isn't a movie i'm like no it's not but also yeah um it's interesting oh. i i probably I probably passed over this movie several times because mm. I saw the poster and just it looked like absolutely nothing to me. Mm. And previous to this coming out, I was not familiar with Abel Ferrara, so I didn't really have any of that context. So I probably passed it over, didn't think about it until people started yeah. talking about it. And then you saw it and you told me I had to watch it. Mm. And uh, here we are. So let's begin as we like to begin with um, the contextualization. So Abel Ferrara is a filmmaker that I'm kind of like accidentally kind of like au fait with. I've watched more Abel Ferrara movies than I thought I have. I've actually watched quite a lot of them um, despite not really being a fan. I wasn't going to watch Zeros and Ones until um, our friend of the site, um, Yana, um, just said, you need to watch this. And I was like, then I will. And I did. <laughs> um, and because they, Yana thought I wasn't going to like it. And I did. So <laughs> also that means that everyone won. Um, so Abel Ferrara is a, one of the cinemas on Fonterriblas, um, like grindhouse, like B movie kind of like bad boy of cinema. Starts with the Driller Killer, which if you want to hear my thoughts on, um, you can find the Nasty Panels podcast where I talk about the Driller Killer, um, which kind of like ends with a scene that movie of someone like being like Stephen, Stephen, and I'm saying he's going to kill him. Oh. And it's like in the dark. It's very, <laughs> it's very horrible. Like that, that film is terrifying to me. Um, <laughs> Driller Killer is a film with no driller killings until like 40 minutes in, which is not what you want from the Driller Killer. Um, oh, that's disappointing to hear. Apart from that, is exactly the kind of film that you think from the title, The Driller Killer. Right. Um, the fun thing about The Driller Killer is oh, such a fun name to say. It is very um, fun. It's part of the video Nasties, um, which if you don't know about, you should. Um, listen to Nasty Panels, the podcast about them. So this is banned video cassettes in the United Kingdom from 1984 so i don't know why i'm talking about, like, i have a british accent for some so yeah um the government banned made these films illegal um because kids could watch them and because they were morally bad it's much more complicated than that and have time here um Drillica was a very very famous one and hilariously they said they were happy to not ban the movie if abel ferrara changed the poster that was their problem because the poster is That's... just a drill going into a man's face and he went no <laughs> Good for him. I appreciate that. Because <laughs> unsurprisingly, the only reason that films like Don't Go Into the Woods, etc., are remembered is because they were put in a list. If a list comes out with like 60 Don't films saying this, these films right. are banned, it becomes a watch list. <laughs> so yeah. that's they, they, they love being on it. Um and made films specifically to try and get them banned. So Driller Killer is is his first biggest kind of like, oh man, this is extreme. Um you've got Bad Lieutenant, um, 
as you Americans say, which is Hardy Keitel. Um, it's an interesting movie. The Werner Herzog semi-sequel is incredible. Love that movie. <laughs> uh, you've got King of New York, um, which Christopher Walken, which I think is okay. A lot of people really like that movie. You've got The Addiction, which you've watched. Yes, I did. I watched The Addiction. I wanted to watch more, but, you know, don't have all the time Fine. in the world, unfortunately. Um, but I did, yeah, I did watch The Addiction in preparation for this podcast because I wanted a little bit wider context. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I can, I, I liked it a lot to be, to be mm. clear. Um, but just like, I can see why he's kind of like a divisive director. Like he definitely yeah. has a very specific thing that he wants to go for and he does not care if you're on board or not, No, which I, I totally <laughs> appreciate that in any director. Um, but I can totally understand why he's kind of that director that some people are either really into him or some people are just stay away from it. Yes. Yeah, so then you've got Ms. 45, which is maybe his joint most favorite famous with like battle tenant maybe driller killer which is uh, a rape revenge movie it's um it is good but it is very very like conflicting and right. doesn't do everything right um, he casts himself as a rapist and like oh. which is quite telling but that's telling of this is why i go back to him being like bad boy cinema right in a way that often i before zeros and ones watching it i was like hey before like i like i've liked some of your movies but get over yourself like don't really care i watched his pasolini movie um which mate if you're gonna watch a pasolini movie like if you watch a film about pasolini directed by abel ferrara i don't want it to be like a well-to-do like very reverent biopic and it was a very well-to-do kind of like interesting look at past i'm like i'm watching abel ferrara movie about <laughs> pasolini like why is this like so uh, yeah i thought the movie was okay and then it seems at the moment I've not seen much of his wider modern films like right. Siberia and New Rose Hotel, which I think are, not- are notable ones. Um, but it seems he's given up narrative, which I'm 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 getting more into I'm, that style I'm of filmmaking. That. <laughs> I, it's <laughs> it seems to work for me, just especially when it's so out there with it. Like this movie, clearly for reasons we will get into, doesn't expect you to understand anything. Like it's not even no. a movie that like presents something that's kind of ambiguous and nonsensical but you're like Ooh. oh you know i'm missing something there's nothing to miss nope. it's just nonsense it he wants you to know that it is nonsense yeah it doesn't even try to make sense it's it's it, 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 it's wonderful um it is as i keep saying like jet fuel chaos cinema it is just like utterly like <laughs> like I, there was a joke that i kept going back to <laughs> was the um this and memoria being the same movie um which i stand by <laughs> i'd like to to understand that better i gotta watch memoria um so i mean clearly they're not the same movie i'm <laughs> saying that, um the same movie in that they're both about kind of like clarity in in a conflicting world right. of all these things around us of like these strange unexplainable things that are assaulting us and the need to kind of like burst out of that um and there there are a few movies that, that deal with this um, but it's just like this movie is that in just like chaos mode, nightmare difficulty, absolute, right. <laughs> absolute goddamn madness. It's so entertaining. Um, and I get why people despise it. Which is, and that's a good segue because even though it's clearly nonsense and the film tells you multiple mm. times that it is nonsense, it's not about nothing. It's very clearly just, it's selling you on the atmosphere and the feeling of it all. And you just kind of have to get into the vibe that it gets gives you and just kind of go with it and the feelings that you are that the the movie evokes from you is kind of what it is and i think in that sense it works really well but i think i think that 
it's hard to talk about honestly because it is just it's so haphazard but like you said it, it's sort of it's selling an idea of of kind of where we're at you know as, as mm. a wider society um and it starts i mean it's very clear that both that it's a pandemic film and yes. that it's about that um and that it was made in that time period because it starts out and immediately it's Ethan Hawke, well, I, it start, does not start out with Ethan Hawke walking through the streets. No, it doesn't. But we'll, we'll get to that. The, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look back to how the movie actually starts. The opening cinematic scene. Yes. <laughs> um, is Ethan oh, Hawke God. walking through the streets of, is it Rome? Is that right? Yeah. It's right. Um, he arrives in Rome late at night and he is wearing a mask. Everyone he encounters is wearing a mask. Yes. Um, he's kind of going through this procedure as he arrives in the city and you know there's soldiers they're taking his temperature it's all this stuff like it's yeah. very clearly this is a film that is taking place right now and like the streets are dead because presumably everyone is inside and locked down but it also works because it's a film ostensibly at a narrative level about how there is a terrorist attack going to happen right he's, he's, so there's the degree of like is it locked down because of that as well so it, it allows itself to be about those things those things to go back to it being set in rome like that's one of the things where it's just like this like happy accent of a movie where i think Abel farage is very good at working in constraints so to link back to what you're saying like he knows he can, he knows he's working in a pandemic. Right. So he doesn't make a movie about the pandemic, but he works it into the movie and makes it yeah. like key to its message, which which is smart, as opposed to I've seen some other pandemic movies that I'm like, I mean, I saw the new um Hong Sang Su movie, um, which does seem bad about the pandemic and makes me seems like it it's a movie that I really, really liked, but the constrictions of its making the film does not do a good job of right. like, adapting to them. It, it's like this feels like stripped back in a way that it should not be for the stories you're trying to tell, which is a shame, ostensibly. Yeah. Um, but this is set in Rome, which is great. Realistically, it's set in Rome because that's where he lives. That's where Ferrara lives. <laughs> and that's how he can get money to make his movie. They're all set in Rome nowadays because he just lives there. Doesn't make movies in America anymore because no one's paying a Ferrara right. to make movies in America because no one is doing that because they all lose so much money. Like this is, no one is seeing these. No one cares. But a few people are like, oh, the best movie ever. So that's why it's set in Rome because he lives there. But because he knows that movie in Rome, it's all about empires and imperialism and like the ghost of the roman empire than that it's all about conflicting religions so you've got like rome as like a center of catholicism right. part of it so he finds a way to be like i have to make a movie that's blah how can i make this symbolic and interesting yeah yeah it's, i mean it sets itself up very well i mean immediately just that he's he's arriving in rome like it's immediately like this is an american movie but it takes place in in rome within american character yeah um which is just like it, he does a very good job of selling you on sort of that the, the disparateness of of the different things going on there i think it it just does a good job of selling the nonsense even though it is nonsense but Vaughn, what is the first scene of the movie after the production <laughs> logos so right so the first scene of the movie and this blew me away even though i was warned about it it still blew yeah. me away <laughs> and trust yeah, me you, you will likely it, be blown like, away oh, too yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like right oh, no really for real so the movie starts there's all the right it's after the production logos you get all the so all the production logos and then it just cuts to basically what what we're looking at each other like it's just a zoom background basically even of ethan hawk's camera <laughs> hawk filming himself in his living room like it's not even well set up it's like he has no. the laptop on it on the couch next to him and he just tells you what the movie is 
he's just like, yeah, what you're about to watch, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, okay. It's so I can't think of any other movie that has done this where the actor just tells you what you're about to watch before the movie watches. And he also says, this is part of the movie. Oh, the, 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 yeah, that's the, the bit at the end, which is just <laughs> so goddamn good. <laughs> so the movie ends with an incredible ending um, that we'll get to. And then it just cuts to, oh, it's even Hawk again. And it's just him. And it's like he leans out because he's clearly just like pressing buttons on his computer. And he's just like, <laughs> it takes a big sigh. And it's like, he has just watched the movie. <laughs> and it's just, you're getting his like reaction. He's like, wow just watch the movie again and and then he, he talks about what he believes it's about so he really so good it for you he talks about how he got the script and how he didn't understand a word of it but that he liked it right. like, okay good and and then you're right then he goes oh and this is still the movie right <laughs> like even it's not even like something that like it's like it was part of it the whole time almost mm. like it's not something that was added in afterwards it's like it was designed to be part of the movie that ethan hawk explains to you that the movie makes no sense which is so key to it though like for me it is. that's such a great part of the movie because it's like otherwise you would be because i i read a review of this which said the very prescient point very intelligent point sorry the all positive and negative reviews of this film are going to make the same point, but I've put it as praise or criticism, right. which is it makes no Very sense true. at all. It's completely unintelligible. Um, but the film, obviously, that can be a problem if you know it's on purpose. But the film finds so many ways of making it clear we are doing this on purpose. Right. And so therefore, by having these weird, just like, extra textual strangeness of Ethan Hawke just such a great of being like this is a movie don't worry about the story don't worry about the story story doesn't matter don't care about that it's entirely only about this and you got that scene part way through where it just like runs into a room and the guy's just like leave and like every third line is just like what why when where <laughs> how and I right that it's so invasive so, it's so great like that character doesn't really there's just like a guy who lives in I've a no computer basically I've no idea who that man is Ethan Hawke talks to him once here at the beginning of the movie and then again at the end he runs into a room the guy's just like hanging out Chilling on, on Skype I guess right? Skype like, in a true Skype <laughs> Zoom. that's great he's hanging out on Skype and then he just goes leave and then like his house gets stormed <laughs> it blows up I can't remember it's, it's like, just it's, it's like so it's so bizarre coming, basically like, uh, there's there's a, there's a homeless man that's just there that also yep. seems to be like he is like a Baker is, Street Irregulars style agent. Right, he's like key to the movie, but I couldn't tell you what his purpose is at all. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know what he is or who he is or what he's really doing, but it's great. And I'm sure that us saying that none of the like us trying to explain the movie while going, I don't know what any of this meant, feels like it's not selling it very well. Mm. But the movie really does sell it very well because, like you said, those opening and closing scenes with Ethan Hawke are part of the movie and they are important because I think yes. without them, like you said, you don't, you don't have that ex expectation going in. Like he gives you the expectation of like, Hey, what you're about to watch isn't going to make any sense. Don't try to make it make sense. Like it's not, it's not a movie that's, it's a movie that's confusing by design, yes. but it's not trying to confuse you. It's not trying to, no, obviously yeah. It's not trying to make you have to go back and revisit it to understand it or no. anything. Yeah, rewatch the original hell. Right. Not, you were never going to solve the narrative. It doesn't make sense. Like, it tells you out the pieces. gate. It's not a puzzle. Like yeah. It's just different pictures just pushed away, which I love. This is not... Because so many films, um, 
even films that are supposed to be like confusing feel tailor-made for this trend of ending explained videos of being like oh man this is gonna unlock this you are not gonna get a zeros and one ending explained video I mean, you do. It's in the movie, actually. That's true. <laughs> Ethan Hawke made it already. It. You already have it. And it's in there, which again is being like, is is its own kind of like wonderful meta commentary. But this is this is not a film to solve. And it's it's just such a prescient work of art of like pandemic art is already all over the place and weird. Of it's just so cool that this this firebrand filmmaker, this weirdo, is just in times that fundamentally do not make sense, it's right. such confusing. I reflect constantly on like the twenty thousand things that feel so normalized in my life that if I were to think of them two years ago, right, it would be unmanageable. And they're just like everyday realities to me. It's such a confusing thing. I'm not getting too heavy about it. It's it's over. It's overwhelming, and yeah, this already sure. exists in an, an era of uncertainty. Like I know that you're a bigger fan of like the Dark Knight than I am. I mean, most people are a bigger fan of the Dark Knight than I am. It's a strange connection to make, but we have this. But I mean, when I think of the Dark Knight, I think of it as the prototypical post nine eleven movie. Of okay. yeah, this that's is movies about the world's a bit confusing and what's right. good and what's bad. And zeros and ones is kind of that. And the dialogue is that. The way that people talk are like religion. What even is religion anymore? What's this? What's that? Are you a terrorist? Are you a martyr? Was Jesus a terrorist? And on the nose, all that stuff. I read that script and I go, I hate this. This is right. bad. But it's so aware of just, just like, it's just nonsense because it's more in tune with our current age, which is just like information overload. Right. Horribleness. What's going on in the world? I don't know. It's not about like the world's more confusing than you thought. It's about the world is falling apart. Right. It's not but trying then. to, I like what you said there. Cause it's not, it's not trying to present something like the world's more confusing than you thought. It's like the world is as confusing as you think it mm. is. We're mm. all in this same situation where you're just getting constantly barraged with information yeah. that you can't parse through. And I think that translation works so well because it's not like lecturing you in any way. It's just no. like, yeah, <laughs> it sucks for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but even then Ethan Hawke's like, I'm not right about it either. This is just my take. <laughs> He's very but, polite about it. He's so polite about it. But so we, we, most of the movie is just like disparate scenes with like a vague chronology in which Ethan Hawke is kind of playing his brother, like which I thought I'd missed the first way through, and then I realized that no, I hadn't. It's just I thought that like he was playing his brother more often. I was just like, wait, are there points where I realized like, oh no, it's just because it's like these scenes are those scenes. So yeah, so that's it is, which is why I said earlier it's Ethan Hawke and Ethan Hawke and Ethan Hawke because he plays himself and then he plays the main character and then he also plays the main character's brother and they look exactly the same. There's yeah. like no effort put into making them look no. different. I mean, who cares because this movie doesn't make sense. Um, it's basically, it's mostly him and there's a vague because he's trying to stop a terrorist plot but vaguely, he's also trying to save his brother. Yeah, who, who may has be been... the reason behind the terrorist plot. It's again, right. who really knows. And so there's just a scene where Ethan Hawke as the protagonist has like an iPad and he's watching a video of Ethan yeah. Hawke as his brother. Yeah. And his brother just goes into probably the best monologue in anything in a long time. Yeah. And, and I it's watched just like the tragedy of Macbeth today. And I'm <laughs> saying that this, why aren't people setting things on fire? It's so it good. Just goes. Yeah. It, it, it's so, so, so great. The, ending ending of this movie i do think is beautiful um yeah i agree i think so, so too. we build up with chaotic like 
SWAT team imagery of like terrorism and there's an explosions. I think the soundtrack's really, really good. Um, he's always used phenomenal. This, these these kind of like proto like rock music soundtracks. Again, the Driller Killer has this bit. I've wrote my reviews or as one that the Driller Killer starts iconically with the this film should be played loud and he is still doing that with his movies. This film <laughs> play loud. There's like thrumming bass line that goes through it. So yeah, good. It's, it's really and great. So Definitely watch like, it on a big screen if you can. Mm, there's like weird fake out imagery throughout it, like just B-roll and whatever. Um, and then you're pretty sure a terrorist attack has happened. And then the aftermath settles and just so cohesively, the aftershock sound just becomes that baseline. You're like, Right. It's definitely intentionally hard to tell. And I think that because knowing that Abel for, I mean, not having seen like his wider catalog, so I don't Mm. know, maybe that's just the style that he approaches things with, but just knowing that he is clearly um, a competent filmmaker who has made many films in his time, like the explosions look terrible, but I think Mm. that's very intentional like it feels it's like, like phone footage stuff it right. looks like it's like it like... feels like expressionistic like it's just like these terror like it's just a low low res video Flame of like gift. monuments right and then like just explosion happens on top of it like there's no attempt to like make it look realistic mm. but i think that's probably the intent of is this really happening or is this just another part of like the barrage of misinformation yeah because there's no like after effects of this like we're back into the city there's no like right hovering cloud looks like there's no evidence that an explosion happened but i saw it yeah did i (laughs) exactly um so we built from that chaos to it's all just like mounting mounting to what seems like a weirdly conventional man on the run finale and then it just just kind of gives up on him it just stops we reach the rooftop and we see the city and then it just like flips to this beautiful and I, I referenced this to the Florida project um, to you, this idea of being like, it's just this sunlight break, which I, yeah, yeah. I keep going back to, like the Spencer as well, this sunlight like, break to something just like escapist and wonderful, but like a very different way to what that movie does, because that's like quite tragic. Right. But it's just like this this reminder, because it's, it's, his, it's his own grandchild, I think, was my presumption, because they're credited in the... I did the see that. I, I believe Ferrara. so. Yeah. I think so. And it's just like young children walking down the street like just very peaceful like life again kind of imagery of like beauty and birth and right and then it gets into um and you watching it like this is really kind of like nice and wonderful and then you've got Ethan Hawke saying that you're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) right it's it's so and, and that's it's not like it's like you needed to explain but it gives you that affirmation and seeing as the ending is already quite affirming that seems to be part of the wider affirmation of the ending that it doesn't right, like, want you to be what was I that agree. about once you're like yeah right like i think ethan Hawke coming in at the end you're like yeah well, you're right we're in this together Ethan. like yeah. it, it it provides that you, like the film seems to be presenting like this it, it seems to because the whole movie is takes place it's very bleak and dark it's the middle of the night it's like this fuzzy yeah. like low light footage and then the end finally is like it cuts to sunrise and it's it you know it feels very thematically Mm. symbolic you know it's got like things are getting better you know it's like this symbol of improvement and i think it's fitting that the the final scenes i think there's very intentionally people aren't wearing masks Mm. and i think it's sort of this idea of like all right now this is we can return to like that yeah that normalcy at some point you know there's that idea of hope and then 
you get Ethan Hawke and he's like, hey guys, let's hang out and talk about this movie. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, but there's, there's also a wonderful implied concurrency because it's so divorced from the previous moment. It doesn't feel like a, this happens after this. So it has this sense of being like, there is this and this. So yeah, there is true. chaos yeah. and there is confusion and there is bombs and there is like religious strife and there is like a horrible scene with like some there isn't really one scene in it the, the, there's a couple scenes in it that are really quite questionable but they fit into this whole idea of being like mm, there are questionable things going on about yeah. strangeness and then it's like but there's also this that exists right. at the same time the same place and we have to deal with that we have to deal that this exists and this exists but this exists and it leaves you to square out with like what you mean of that and it's like it may be the last two minutes of this that are, are beautiful and light and hopeful but that is enough and that is the the bit that lingers with you and it's right. surprisingly beautiful it's really yeah, nice I, I totally agree it's such a nice way to end it i think that kind of almost goes back to like the poster being terrible like this film is ultimately yeah. like feels very hopeful and positive in its message yeah. but the poster makes it just seem like the most generic <laughs> terrorist war movie that i would not want to watch had it not been explicitly recommended to yeah. me yeah no, i mean same i was just like i have no interest in watching a modern able for our movie i don't really care about that dude like some of the stuff i actually don't like and i'm like oh man yeah now i actually want to watch a lot of his recent stuff i want to yeah. see out this this is really interesting really different feels new and fresh and he's like been doing this for so long it's it's awesome yeah i I mean i think it's great i think and i think it's worth for anyone just seeking it out because i think it's a an easy watch i mean yeah easy i mean you can basically turn your brain off because it (laughs) it is all nonsense you know um But it is an easy watch because I mean it's short and most yeah. of a good chunk of the runtime is Ethan Hawke just talking <laughs> to you directly. <laughs> um, so I, I would definitely encourage, even if we maybe not have sold you on the nonsense of it, to just go and check it out for yourself. Experience because it, it is it is something definitely worth experiencing. And like Steven said, turn it up loud. Yeah, you may not love it, but you will appreciate it. It is it is different. It gives you something that nothing else that I have seen is doing, um, which is always something that I'm seeking. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely very unique in what it is. Not much like it. No. More movies no. should have Ethan Hawke explaining them. Oh, I would really love that. I wanted I to really start like that. movies that he wasn't in as well. I'd like just I like agree. to finish a movie and just Ethan Hawke be like, yeah, I just watched the same movie as you. He's probably like, script. He's um, honestly like just as himself, one of my favorite like actors to just listen to talk because I think he's mm. just wonderful to listen to. Everything he says, I'm just like, yeah, all right, Ethan Hawke, you know? I like, I like when he was tweeting about how his daughter was in something and he was being like really cute and supportive. That was really, he just, he seems like a nice man. And he does seem like a very nice so man. Many not nice man's. It's yes. nice that he's a nice man. I agree. I don't know if do you, do you have much else to say about zeros and ones? It is hard to really get into it and spoil it. It, it, is, it just it does. It's so good. I love it. I was not expecting to love it at all. It was so easily in my top 10, <laughs> like ahead of loads of movies that are so obviously <laughs> superior to it if we're going to talk like in some weird objective way i'm like no i don't care like green knight I'm like green knight whatever zeros and ones that's my jam <laughs> yeah it is i i agree it's it's fantastic i think that I, I was hoping to rewatch it before uh before we recorded this i didn't get to it but i'm still definitely going to rewatch it anyway because it is it's it's it quick easy to watch and it's just awesome it's just great How? To when where how why you doesn't matter perhaps I think it's like the perfect late night cinema kind of thing, just like dark and good music. Was, and how I first watched it, it was like like one AM, and I'm like, yeah. I, could, I could probably sneak this in. I watched a little bit of it. I'm like, what if I watched all of it? Watched all of it now, <laughs> and then what if I wrote a review right then? Like, I don't know what went on this movie, but I liked it. So, oh. 
so yeah which you did review it for the site great review yes. um everyone should check that out as well um if you want to read more about how nonsensical this movie is oh, and how great so that good. makes it yeah um, um but yeah so yeah um thank you for joining us again uh feel free to hit us up with a review or a rating on both spotify and apple podcasts where you can do that again as always i don't care what you actually think um, if you don't like it, just stop listening. <laughs> like, don't, don't like it, just don't listen to it. Um, if you do like it even slightly, just give it five stars. Anything less means literally nothing. So it's absolutely true. We are listen. a five star you, podcast. Yeah, five star podcast. Five star <laughs> one time. I like. I don't. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. I I, I can't change me. I am sorry. Um, Vaughn is at least charming. Um, you've got that. How dare you? So, but you know, all right. <laughs> so, so, that was a quite a backlash there. <laughs> it wasn't just me getting strangely antagonistic and not knowing how to end it um we have our podcast which vaughn's gonna name all of them go oh boy i gotta name all the pie i wasn't prepared for yeah. it steven's the one that yeah, normally yeah. does it we've got the twin geeks just the twin geeks nowadays yeah. they're going through catherine bigelow's filmography at this um, point maybe they're not i don't know that's true hope i, I don't know how many out. don't they've know how many episodes they're doing in that or going through it um yes. maybe now they're doing abel ferrara films we can only hope we could, and we could guest on the zeros and ones episode yeah. <laughs> um we got three letters and five mics our music show God, got, I got it right the first time got it that's because i've heard you say it so many times now <laughs> um we got ranking the monsters um the uh kaiju show um what's uh do you have any idea what will be coming out in the near future when this might be releasing um yeah i think probably we might we're going to go on a bit of a godzilla main line um so i think abira and son of godzilla to Ooh. pave the way to destroy our monsters because i made a mistake in my recent podcast where i said destroy our monsters was next because it's, it's the next honda movie it's not the next godzilla right. movie yeah abira which is great done love abira godzilla, which i really and that's like. where i think calvin will take that's catching up to where uh, i'm at in my watch through the series there last well, son of godzilla was the last one i watched oh there you go with we'll destroy our monsters rules i mean have you have you watched atragon in preparation i have not watched atragon in preparation have you yet. watched varon in preparation i've not watched varon either have I've you watched a... frankenstein conquers the world there's a lot of kaiju movies i do want to watch frankenstein conquers the world i got to get that octopus ending again these <laughs> these those are the movies avengers style that introduce monsters that then reoccur and destroy monsters you cannot um, watch destroy monsters without having watched varon, i will i will do my movie <laughs> i will do my due diligence and prepare them um and then we've got don't let motor cast get you i don't know what your lineup is for what you're going to be talking about that coming up um sammy probably i think is the name of the movie um which is the pit it's the pit they made the pit but it's motion motion pit <laughs> all right um i think that's is that all the have i got all the podcasts have i left anything out the day dreamcast um if that's we'll, be we'll return on. under new management i mean i think under same management but apparently in a new form Ooh. now i feel like i feel like all the shows are changing their format maybe we should change our format even though we're new yeah what are we gonna change it to? <laughs> I, I have no idea maybe we should go through able for our filmography <laughs> <laughs> we just, what if we just don't tell Kevin? We'll, we'll check if he's actually listening we just like post episodes like yeah it's called scream it's just us talking about zeros and ones again <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's a good that's episode. a good idea yeah, we've got the episode titles is sabotage know, our own podcast mania um you know like yeah it's the hotel transylvania podcast yeah, yeah we're talking about it but actually no it's just siberia absolutely i can't wait for us to record the hotel transylvania episode mm -hmm. um but for this show what we do have upcoming will be scream and licorice pizza with calvin pizza. scream not with calvin i mean maybe with calvin i doubt it but <laughs> 
I don't know how big of a Scream fan Calvin is. I'm not sure. I guess we'll have to ask him about that. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll ask him. Hey, Calvin. <laughs> Calvin, reply when you're listening. All when right. you hear this, Calvin, tell us how big oh. of a Scream fan you are. No, I'm pretending we're having a conversation, so it's like, oh, okay. oh, what do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. There you go. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, and then you can find us both on Letterboxd. I mm-hmm. am at Zebra, just Zebra, nothing before, nothing so after. You're at just Zebra? Nope. The word Zebra. So, so. zero, so one Zebra. Zeros and zebras. <laughs> zeros and zebras. Zeros and zebras. A, now you're onto something. Yeah, very, very good. Um, I am Stevenage. Um, so Stevenage on Letterboxd. Find me there. Hello. And until next time, uh, we're thinking of ending this podcast. We are thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's so serious. No, there we go. Now we've got a good outro. Yeah, <laughs> we finally figured it out on episode eight or. Whatever. It worked. If we are thinking of it because it's not even ended yet. There you go. It's they've just there faded out like a guitar solo at the end of a song. I'm like. The song's still going, but it's getting quiet. Perfect. Nailed it. Thank you.